Really then, the prayer. O Lord God, dear Father in heaven, I am indeed unworthy of the office and ministry in which I am to make known your glory and to nurture and to serve this congregation. But since you have appointed me to be a pastor and teacher, and the people are in need of the teaching and the instruction, be my helper and let your holy angels attend to me. Then, if you are pleased to accomplish anything through me, to your glory and not to mine, or to the praise of men, grant me, out of your pure grace and mercy, a right understanding of your word, and that I may also diligently perform it. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, Shepherd and Bishop of our souls, send your Holy Spirit, that he may work with me to will and to do through your divine strength, according to your good pleasure. Amen. You may be seated. That prayer highlights our human weakness, and today's message is about a divine human wrestling match in the appointed Old Testament reading for this weekend from Genesis 32, we will hear about that famous wrestling match between Jacob and God. But the human divine wrestling match that I refer to today is from the epistle reading you heard from Second Timothy, where we hear simply preach the word. Our preparation and proclamation of God's word is an ongoing human divine wrestling match. We can all relate to many examples of this wrestling match in our own lives and ministry. I must admit I am a bit nervous to even be here preaching from this pulpit. It's humbling to engage in homiletics at the very place where preaching is taught and evaluated. But in response to my human misgivings, God says, preach the word. I participate in a wrestling match every time I open my mouth as a preacher. My human weakness is evident as I deliver that message of Jesus. My impediment is a result of major tongue cancer. And too often I worry that people may not be able to understand me. And once I shared that with my speech therapist, and I asked her, what if people can only understand about half of my sermons? And she replied, isn't that the way every sermon is anyhow? <laughs> it helped put things in perspective. And once again, in spite of my human insecurities, I hear, preach the word. Ponder the fact that most people do not remember most of what we say in our sermons as soon as they shape our hands. In fact, 
I did not remember most of my own sermons after I had delivered them. And thinking back to my seminary days, I can only remember a few sermons that stuck out in my mind. One of those was by Horace Hummer, who spent that sermon comparing the Sanctus to an orgasm. And in response, <laughs> in response to our pitiful human memories, St. Paul would say, preach the word. God promises that his word will not return to him empty. The people in the pews, they prefer different types of communication and media depending on their generation. Of the over 3,000 members at my new parish at Emmanuel and St. Charles, there are over 300 members who are aged 80 and above. Most of them are not using the internet. Many of them are hearing impaired. They prefer paper. I provide them the printed copies of sermons. And yet other members, depending on their generation, would prefer to communicate via email or Facebook or in our teenagers' generation by texting. How on earth do you and I communicate in such a varied and challenging environment? And again, God simplifies our wrestling match by saying, preach the word. We have to deal with superficial expectations and the reactions that people face upon preachers and teachers. It can be quite frustrating. For example, my grandma Schmieden, she evaluated a good sermon based upon how loud the preacher was. Her evaluation form had one category, volume. And one time a man said to me, he asked, how many lifesavers does it take to get through one of your sermons? And I answered, two to five, depending on the day. His superficial issue was timing of a sermon. And even as we process various superficial human reactions and expectations, God provides us with Christ-centered clarity. Preach the word. As we preach the word, we frequently admit our human shortcomings. In the midst of our human divine wrestling match, we recognize, as we heard in that prayer from Luther, our complete dependence upon Christ as we serve and as we sermonize. Give thanks that our homiletical efforts do not hinge upon our human abilities but upon Christ. God's word assures us 
My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And this is precisely the way our God operates. Our salvation is made manifest in human weakness. God's divine words packaged in imperfect human language. And that word of God made flesh in the person of Christ Jesus. And the ultimate human divine wrestling match, it happened when Jesus took upon himself our very flesh to destroy sin and death. Paul provides aspiring and active preachers and teachers the simple apostolic assignment and admonition, preach the word. And this word, the Logos, is spoken, written, and incarnate. This word is Jesus Christ. He is the man who suffered and died to save us from our sinful self, from our insecurities, from our sin-filled, superficial surroundings. We preach Christ crucified, the one who said, Father, forgive them, and did it. When we hear preach the word, Christ is that very human, divine word of salvation. It is that Jesus as our foundation, our focus, and our source of forgiveness that we joyfully engage in our human divine wrestling match to preach the word. Even Jesus, our Savior, in his name. Amen.